Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, the pandemic is still going strong, and the date to open many states is being pushed out further and further. The date to push to open countries is being pushed out further and further. I know that some spots have been starting to open here and there, but many parents still feel a lot of anxiety about going back to quote-unquote normal, even as COVID-19 has claimed over a quarter of a million lives across the world, nearly 100,000 of them in the U.S., What's going on is impacting young children, older children, and yes, parents too. Of course, parents do. There are questions of financial issues, emotional issues, mental issues, loneliness, fear, frustration, and how in the world we are all going to cope with this day-to-day as the day-to-day morphs into months and months. It puts a lot on our shoulders, so let's not bury it. Let's discuss it. Time to shine a light on what's really going on behind these closed doors. For this discussion, I'm interviewing Graham Seabrook. Graham Seabrook, the mom for moms, is a coach and writer who has been guiding and supporting mothers as they discover and reclaim themselves since 2014. She has worked with over 2,500 moms since 2014, and in between clients, she reads about moms, writes about moms, speaks about moms, learns about moms, and is a mom herself. Her work springs from the truth that embracing your humanity is a mother's deepest calling and the very best thing you can do for your family. Now, even though Graham counsels moms, the information that we're talking about today applies to parents everywhere. This is such a strange time, and we are all in this together. So welcome, Graham Seabrook, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you so much. And I have to tell you, I was trying so hard not to laugh when you said whether we want to or not. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is 100% my life right now. (laughs) It's 100% everybody's life right now. Like, here's the kids. I don't want to grow. I just want to take a nap. I know. I know. And and, and it's like, I don't want to cook. I just want to sit and eat chocolate. You know, a lot of people are just baking and, you know, they're... There's this one woman that I know that literally is baking something new every single day. It always looks unbelievably delightful and delicious. And I'm like, wow, like she got it all together there. Like she actually like did it. But then, you know, you don't know the behind the scenes. Like maybe she's just so crazed and fed up that she's like, I'm baking. So we don't know what's going on. Yes. And that's that's actually kind of me. We are baking a lot. so awesome. Baking is great. But before we get into all of our, you know, good (laughs) stuff today, for those who haven't had the opportunity to meet you and read your articles or hear you speak about all the great stuff you speak about, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in talking about and supporting moms? Well, really, 
moms are what get me up in the morning. <laughs> I literally, I have a, a group called the Mom Center, and every morning I give them a prompt or ask them a question or have an idea for them. And so even on my days off, that was totally in air quotes, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, the moms, what do I want to talk about? I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and have to come up with something. So very quite literally moms are what get me up in the morning, every single morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But my journey started during my own pregnancy, my first pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, got perinatal depression and anxiety very early in the pregnancy, but I had no idea that's what it was. Mm -hmm. I thought I was just hormonal, also air quotes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what they tell women who get pregnant, right? Oh, it's the hormones. Mm -hmm. Even though I was crying constantly and having panic attacks, that's totally normal. It's hormones. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't feel normal, but okay. This this doesn't feel normal. This doesn't sound like anything any of my friends had gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was my first kid and I had no idea what was up. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and and neither did Adam. We were both kind of, you know, we were just feeling our way through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He knew something was wrong with me way more than I did. Mm-hmm. Like he, Because he was watching me just turn into a totally different person right mm-hmm. in front of him mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that I had a very traumatic birth and it ended in an emergency C-section and it was the whole, th- it was, it was really, really scary. Mm. So then after that, I thought, oh, well, this was just a really scary thing. It will get better. Mm-hmm. Right. But I wasn't having any of the feelings that anybody that I had heard about of motherhood. I didn't have that moment where you stare in your baby's eyes and you feel more love than you've ever, <laughs> like, I didn't ever have that moment. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the m- months go by and I was just getting more and more angry about everything all the time. And I think the thing that tripped it for Adam especially was when I, <laughs> it's not funny, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yelled at him. I mean, like screaming yelled at him mm-hmm. for about 10 minutes because he closed the door wrong. Oh, gosh. <laughs> when he came yes. home from he closed the door wrong. Okay. Like he was obviously he was in the wrong, wrong clearly yes. in that moment with the with the closing <laughs> of the door in the way that he did. He kind of just waited it out with this look on his face, like you have lost it. Yes. all of whatever it is. Like he he just waited it out, and then when he when he was when I was like done and I had calmed down and I was sobbing because uh, that was usually how it ended. He was just like, "Okay, babe, I think we need to get some help." Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then fast forward to like therapy and medication and more therapy and exercise and diet changes and more therapy and medication changes and all of this you know it's a process right mm-hmm. and through all of that and then it's about a year later I'm starting to feel much much better mm-hmm. like I have my life under control and my brain is starting to make sense and my emotions are starting to make sense and I'm looking back over our whole experience and Adam and I are better and you know and I saw um a list of there was a, a organization called Postpartum Support International, mm-hmm. and they had a list of risk factors for postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, psychosis, mm-hmm. all all of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, and it was ten little check boxes, right? And Robin, I checked eight of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was sitting there like, "Wait a minute, do you mean to tell me?" I just lost like nearly two years of my life. Mm-hmm. 
right? And if somebody had told me, then I could have done something about it, like mm. doing this extra, like all of the things I was doing, right, to help myself feel better, right? I, I, so I got really, really angry. Right. <laughs> and I got really involved in, like, ad, in advocacy for maternal mental health. And um, so that, again, that helped me to feel better, right? And through this whole thing, as I'm feeling better and better and better, I'm waiting for motherhood to make sense where it all becomes clear and I know what I'm doing and I know how to do it. Oh, gosh, when does that happen? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Everything <laughs> becomes clear and we know what we're doing. But I thought, <laughs> I really thought that all of my issues with being a mom were because of the PPD. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, logic, like when you're looking back on it, like, oh, okay, that makes sense, right? I didn't know that it was motherhood that was hard. I thought, that once I got everything under control, mm. it would it would clear up. It would make you know it'd be okay. And you decided to become a helper to other people. Well, I started asking other mom like, when does this gonna when is this gonna work? When is this gonna mm-hmm. make sense? I was so naive, and I so I started looking around, and I honestly um, I got really angry. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. I understood that it was hard when I was going through. A mental illness that was battling something. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. Sure. Why is it just hard? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what they show in the commercials. Like where they, the baby is comforted and yeah, and the and the mother is always happy uh, and looks yeah. great the and the hair is done. That was not what any of my no. my mom or my aunts or my uh, my friends. I was not. That wasn't part of the conversation. And the more moms that I talked to, which I had access to a lot of moms Mm -hmm. because of my advocacy, the more moms I talked to, the more I realized this was like universal. Mm -hmm. And this is what started the the, the work that you were doing. That's where the ARL came from. You can do things differently. There are no rules. Yes. And that's what I I feel like that's what we're going to be talking about today. I think it's important given that this pandemic is so hard on everyone and each person's frustration and anger and sadness and they have like a swirling vortex of feelings. Everything is very real and and it is normal uh, to feel all these things, but this new normal is not normal. Um, we've got the kids home 24-7. We're helping with schoolwork. We're in charge of meals, so many meals. My gosh, these kids eat the snacks arguments uh that we've got to deal with our families changing feelings we've got playtime stuff and playmates and playdates and screen use and uh, more than ever before yeah i mean just saying it makes me need a nap and and at least i mean perhaps it's been years since we've been filling these needs for our children because you know a lot of people are listening right now it's like not you know, babies, like we're, we're, right. we're, so we haven't been like attending to everything. So mean, no. meanwhile, like, so parents are trying so hard to keep the day to day as normal as possible for their yeah. kids, um, mm-hmm. to work, to keep up with school, to manage the upheaval and the intense emotions mm-hmm. that everybody's feeling. So what's your best advice to them? Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I'm yeah. so serious. There is no possible way. Okay. Say you have a teenager, right? who is used to going to school Mm -hmm. and being in multiple classes Mm -hmm. with different people every day and seeing possibly hundreds of peers every day Mm -hmm. in one way or another, Mm -hmm. hallways, classes, lunch, right? Mm -hmm. They are now in a house 
with you, maybe another parent, maybe some siblings, mm-hmm. maybe some pets. Mm-hmm. In what way can you replace hundreds of people and tens of teachers? In mm-hmm. what way can you do that? How mm-hmm. can you do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's a really <laughs> valid point. For you to try to do that, you can't do that. The things that they are missing, whether they're a teen, whether they're a tween, whether they're like my kids are still really young, mm-hmm. but they are aching for their friends. Mm-hmm. And talking to them on a Zoom call, my son's little, his, he's six, he's in first grade. There's like 20 first graders every Monday morning mm-hmm. on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. It's the most adorable thing ever. And he's really sad afterwards every single Monday Mm -hmm. because it's not the same. No, it's not the same. That is not going down a slide and playing pretend. Right. That is not the same thing, right? And so for all of our kids, it's the same as the way a lot of us who were working in offices are just missing the office. You're missing the person that comes and interrupts you and Mm -hmm. has the conversation while you were doing something else, right? We're missing human interaction. Mm Mm-hmm. Missing right. people other than our families. Right. Like one of my one of my really good friends just said, I want to talk to somebody I'm not related to. No, I feel like that's <laughs> I feel like this is so valid. Like being home twenty four seven and occasionally venturing out to like a grocery store to see people right. from a distance. This uh, is not like a get together or a party. <gasps> it's it's fascinating, but you can be around people in your home or in a store, or even out walking at a, a park and feel really lonely. And, so lonely. Yeah, so lonely. And we have no idea when this is going to end. So that mm-hmm. like puts this extra added layer of feeling sort of yeah. trapped and lonely at the same time. So yes. many, like I said, many states are, aren't even talking about opening up for months. So that makes for a lot of lonely time for our kids, for us, yes. lonely people. And yes. you talk about having a support system. You talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, having other people for our kids. Mm -hmm. So can you discuss how we can manage the specific loneliness that happens when you are surrounded by people, but aren't really seeing the people you might really need, as you mentioned, like the person at the office or whatever you need to see during this pandemic? Part of it, the biggest part of it for me is recognizing it and being honest about it. Mm. Being honest with my kids about it, being honest with Adam about it, being honest with myself about it mm. might have been the hardest part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we do a really good job, a lot of us, in taking care of the other people in our lives mm-hmm. and recognizing what their needs are mm-hmm. and saying like, oh, babe, I think you need to, you need to call your best friend and have mm-hmm. a conversation mm-hmm. and I'm going to take the kids for the afternoon so mm-hmm. you guys can just have like a virtual game night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do that, right? Um at the same time, I really needed to talk to my friends, and I wasn't even saying that to myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just being honest. Yeah. Even when you are stating a need that you know you cannot have met. Mm-hmm. I need to leave my house. Yes. I need to drive into my mountains and go into a park and spend time by myself. And I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. The parks are closed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's not, I could drive up there, but I'd just have to turn around and come back. Mm -hmm. But saying that out loud, that that is a thing that I need, releases some of the pressure, Mm -hmm. right? 
And so when I was talking to my son, like I said, is six, when I was talking to him about missing his friends, Mm -hmm. we did a little brainstorming about, you know, would, would you like to call somebody? Would you like to go and ride bikes? One of his friends lives on our street. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, you guys could ride bikes together. You can't touch each other and we'd have to be careful, but I could take a walk and you guys could ride your bikes and, you know, Mm -hmm. and he just looked at me and he said, but I want to hug him. Yes. Oh, that's like, you've heard this term skin hunger, skin yeah. hunger. Like you, yeah. and I, I totally agree. We're a very huggy family, thankfully, yeah. but I mean, having my mom came over for mother's day and we sat at separate tables in my backyard. So she was like about 15 feet, um, yeah. you know, yeah. away. Um, and we were all like, we were in like a very large circle. There was like um, seven of us. Uh, we're in this very large circle sort of spread out, you know, far away from each other. And it's sad. I mean, it was really good that we could talk to her. And she was like, I'm so grateful that I got to see you. But like, yeah, what? I can't like hug my mother. And I haven't done that in months. And she she's, you know, she's alone. I mean, yeah. she has her, like, best friend lives next door. But, like, what the heck, man? Yeah. This is not oh, good. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the, the, the science tells us that, like, you need a certain number of hugs per day. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. what about that for, for health? Like, mm-hmm. you talk about health, like mental health and physical oh, health. Yeah. We need that. hundred percent. So frustrating. And he has even told me, he's like, Mommy, I don't want to hug you. Mm-hmm. I hug you a lot. Yes. <laughs> he's yeah. over it he's over me yeah 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 I think everybody's he's over, over like yeah. you know we've been doing this since uh early early March yeah like March 13th or something yeah like um, he's over it yeah and so a lot of it is one thing that I've tried to do is rotate the people that I talk to I do not have with the exception of one person, I don't have standing appointments where I talk to this friend every week. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you need some variety, you right? You do. You're not I think I'm not, I think anymore. I'm not doing that extremely well. I feel mm-hmm. like I've, I, I'm looking at what's happening and I feel like it's kind of, what I'm seeing is a lot of people just sort of fell away in terms of like people that I may have talked to occasionally or through my kids because the kids are friends and then you go over right. there and like the play dates and then you wound up talking like right. that sort of fell away and it yeah. just left a couple of people and I um I wound up making a phone call the other day to a friend who I hadn't talked to in a while it was delightful mm-hmm. like we were so excited to talk to each other and I was like yeah. okay like we need to do this more yeah. often you know yeah and I think sometimes we let ourselves feel like, oh, I haven't talked to her in, you know, a month. I can't call them now. Right, right, right. Because you feel right? like, like if I If I haven't been supporting them throughout this entire pandemic, how can I call now? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, yes you can. Because yeah, everybody gets it, too. Email. We've all been right. busy trying to just We've, status exactly. quo ourselves here. Like, I right. don't know. You just try. You know what I, I want to ask you about? Like, in recent years, we've talked a lot about anxiety and we've done, and you mentioned it before, when we've done some interviews where we've discussed anxiety in this podcast, I'm thinking about Lisa Demore's interview, which centered on anxiety in girls. We did two podcasts with um, Karen Young, who focused on 
anxiety and things like when bad things happen, two podcasts with Mm -hmm. Don Hebner. We also did that on anxiety and children. During this very strange situation of uncertainty and illness and disruption in schedules, for, for people who have anxiety and those who have kids with anxiety, this can be a really triggering time. And I'm thinking, you know, on top of like, your son not being able to hug his friends. And I love that you're brainstorming with him like ways that we can cope with it. But what are you, what are we doing to deal with the anxiety at this time? I think you said in one of your videos, it's the side order of fries that it comes with everything. So, so. It's not delicious like fries. No. So like what is, what are some ideas and tips for those people listening in who have to cope with anxiety on top of the sort of need to see one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, for us, uh, three of the four folks in my house have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, just to put a cherry on top, we feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. We're all very, um, it's not really internalized as much as like one gets going and then all three of us are humming, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like dominoes that fall. So that's fun. That's a good time. Mm-hmm. Everybody should do that. Uh- <laughs> Thank you for that recommendation. So diversify who you're talking to and feed off of each other's anxiety. Got it. So Just to fun. put high beams so on that. It's a good Thank time. you. Yeah. <laughs> but what, one of the things that has really helped, I have pulled back on my social media use hardcore. Oh, yes. I remember you saying that. Like, I am not on Facebook anymore at all. It's really hard to see, like, these people who are flourishing in the pandemic and the pictures are stunning and they're taking rides through the park and they're, like, learning Chinese and, like, different languages and they're They're creating masterpieces wonderful i am so happy for that and that is amazing that they're oh and and like i'm so grateful for this extra time that i have to really spend this time with my children and i'm like i'm not as there like i i'm still trying to figure out you know the the balance of everything and these people seem to be like just just doing it so well and it can get really under your skin and like frustrating and and I got off of everything I am um and then I ironically downloaded a bunch of games on my phone Mm -hmm. um so that I could kind of check out in little manageable chunks I could check out in little five minute chunks Mm -hmm. and go in to some game and feed my chickens and cows oh, and yes. my wool, make a sweater, and then I pop back out, right? <laughs> uh, so these little moments of escape. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have something that I've been doing from the very beginning. It was something that my therapist and I put together when I was, I mean, this is like uh, 2013-ish, mm-hmm. 2012, a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's called a comfort kit. Mm-hmm. And mine is a shoebox. But yours can be literally anything. Uh, one of my clients that I did this with uses a pillowcase. Um, so really anything that you have in your house that can be a container. And what you put into it is at least one thing for each of your five senses that is calming or soothing or comforting or makes you happy or brings you joy. Um, mine has 
uh, a little note card with a bunch of different podcasts mm-hmm. that are almost all of them are comedy podcasts. Oh, yeah. Just, just straight laughs. Like yes. these are things that are going to make you laugh. You don't okay. have to think. You're not going to learn. You're just going to giggle, right? <laughs> you don't uh, need that learning aspect here. We yeah, just, yeah, no, yeah. I can't right now. Right. I just, it's not a thing that I, it's not a thing I can do. So um, I have some essential oils in there that smell really good. I have um, a scrap of a T-shirt that uh, is the t-shirt my dad was wearing when I was born, mm, actually. That's um, so sweet. And so it's like 40 years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was literally falling apart, right? But it has like the raised, um, the printing on it. Because mm-hmm. it said Stanford University, because that's where I was born. Um, and that just feeling that, like running my hands over that is very soothing mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. No idea why, but it's in there. Um, there's also uh, little pieces of fabric that I've used for other things that have different textures mm-hmm. are in there. Um, there's always snacks. There's always pink Starburst. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, little things of salt and vinegar chips. There's always snacks in there. There are little notes and reminders that I've made for myself that, um, you know, my, your feelings are real and valid, but mm-hmm. that doesn't them true. Um, just little things. I little like things. it. It's kind of like um, Wendy Young I interviewed um, on dealing with big feelings, and she has the kids create a mad box with, like, mm-hmm. Play-Doh to pound and, you know, coloring yeah. books and, you know, stuffed animals and all the different senses too. I like that idea. That's interesting to extend it to yourself in, in a different way. It's really helpful. And originally it started because, um, I'm sure the folks out there who have panic attacks will (laughs) understand this. You get like a hangover Mm. after a bad anxiety day, um, or even a bad bout of depression Mm -hmm. or, or a panic attack. There's this like hangover that happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so originally, the comfort kit was to shorten that hangover period. Mm -hmm. What can I go and access right away that I know works? Whenever I would find something that worked, I would add it. Oh, that's nice. Uh Um, It's because you might need a different thing on a different day. Right. You know, you never know what you need. And that's why I tried to cover as wide and broad, you know, all five senses, every multiple things for each one. And just, it's a collection now. What has kind of, shifted is that now it's not so much for the hangover at this point I have one Adam has one our six-year-old has one our four-year-old doesn't have a specific thing Mm -hmm. she's just got stuff that we know is helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, we haven't pulled it all together yet we used to have them in closets and like right up on a shelf so accessible but not in your face right sure right now they sit in our our kitchen dining room and living room is all just kind of one big mm-hmm. room mm-hmm. So they sit on the dining room table mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like it up. i like They're right it. there all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes i'll just in the morning just open mine yeah. and leave it open all the time so that mm. i i try to cut down every barrier possible between me noticing that I need something and using it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I can get really wrapped up in the kids, you know, (laughs) and then, and I don't take comfort for myself. I like the idea of 
thinking in a time when you are grounded and calm about the things that help you when you're feeling anxious and frustrated and then and and putting those together so that when you do you know start to feel really anxious or frustrated that you have a go-to to deal with it i mean some of these types of things they're talking about like you know comedy or um, you know, the, something that inspires one of your senses that's calming or, or yeah. makes you laugh is the, you know, the thing that will n- knock it out um, yes. before yes. it gets yes. overwhelming. And I think it works for anybody. It doesn't have to just be anxiety. Like sure. we're in, we're in this long term global traumatic mm-hmm. period, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is in some type of pain. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just make a list of all of your favorite shows that are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Write them down somewhere so that when you're starting to feel antsy and you're, you don't know what to do, you can be like, oh, right, community exists. Right. I can go watch it. Right. <laughs> because we forget. Right. When we're in pain, a lot of times we forget what will help. We think the only thing that will help is if I could go to my mom's house and give her a hug. So so in the case of, you know, your son saying, I really want to hug my friend and isn't able to do it and only able to ride his bike, in that moment, what is your what is your solution for him or what is his solution for himself? Well, part of it has been me working for the last, he's almost seven, so working for the last seven years to let go of the idea that my job is to make him happy. Good point. And that my job is to fix everything for him. Mm-hmm. My job is to support him as much as I humanly can mm-hmm. and give him the tools to navigate the world, mm-hmm. right? So we talked about it and I told him the truth. Mm-hmm. I can't let you hug him. Right. Sorry. It's not safe for him or his family. And it's not safe for you or our family or our whole community. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a hug while he cried. Mm-hmm. And I let him throw some rocks in the front yard because he was really angry. And mm-hmm. he needed, you know, so he threw some rocks. And then he looked at me and he said, oh, we could bake him some cookies. Oh, so they see a, a different way of hugging somebody. And I was like, yeah, dude, we could totally bake him some cookies. And yes. then he got all wrapped up in the logistics, right? Yes. Because, um, like, we, we bake the cookies and we have to put it in something and then we have to take it to them and put it on their front door and mm-hmm. then we have to um, ring the doorbell. And I was like, well, no, dude, I have his, I have his dad's phone number. I can just call mm-hmm. and let him know. That's nice. Cookies, and maybe he could just come out and get the cookies, and you could bring a cookie too, and you guys could both eat your cookies. Oh, you that yes, like it. And yeah, like it was this whole long thing. I mean, it took forever, but you know what? We're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're we're home. <laughs> so, so the I like when you're talking about when he's he's got these big feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, kids have some big feelings right now. Yeah. Um, we hear about them being sad and frustrated and angry and anxious. And I like that you're talking about like giving him a vehicle, like throwing rocks, um, yeah. to do something like that. And many people feel like they're in crisis mode. So like big feelings are to be expected. Right. So what would you, what can you say to kids when they are experiencing big feelings during this time, since we are really most of us are dealing with this at some point or another during this pandemic. Um, I, <laughs> so 
so one of the things that I've been doing, this is kind of to head off the big, I think we're in big feelings 24 seven. Yeah. Big feelings. At least me. I wake up with big feelings. I go to bed with big feelings. Mm -hmm. I know my kids do too. Right. right? Sure. Uh, and so every once in a while I just look at him and I'm like, dude, this really sucks. Mm -hmm. huh? Right. 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 It really and sucks. He gets, he gets really excited. Cause that's not a word that no, he, right. before this was allowed to use right, in right, our right. house. Right. 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 And I see, and I've been telling other parents this. I'm like, choose a word that's not gonna, you know, bother you too much. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you've been strict around word usage or cursing or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If there is a thing, that, a word that you can give them for how horrible this is. Yes. <laughs> cuss word light, right? <laughs> or if you're in a household where you know that is that hasn't been a problem, I think you. You saying it, you owning it, mm -hmm. when they see that we're not okay and we're not even pretending to be okay, mm -hmm. and dude, this sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, he is excited that he gets to say the word sucks, mm -hmm. and he also is really, um, sometimes that's all he needs to hear, and he'll just look at me and nod and be like, yeah, mom, yeah, mm -hmm. right? goes back to his Legos or whatever it is. Right. Sometimes he wants to tell me the 10 million ways that it's horrible. Mm -hmm. it just opens the door for him to just pour all of those things out. Right. right. And um, our four-year-old is catching on. I think she just likes to be able to say suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, you right, know. Right. Um, but sometimes she'll come up with her, her own list. She really... Uh, is missing her grandparents right now. Mm -hmm. Hardcore. She's yes. missing them a lot. Oh, and she sweet. does not have a good reaction to seeing them on Zoom or on, you know. Um, right, that's not working for her. Yeah, she no. likes it and she asks for it. Yeah. She wants to call and do like FaceTime stuff with them. And then whenever it's time for them to go, she fully breaks down and just cries. Oh, and, sweet baby. Uh, Oh, yes. sweet baby. Oh, right. And as bad as it is for us, being the grandparents oh, on the no. other so end of stinky. the line, my mother is right? really. She is just. She, she's she's been expressing it too. You know, just this is really tough. Um, <sighs> not being able to, you know, because we don't see her often. We we were seeing her often. We don't see her often. We've seen her twice in this, you know, pretty much, or there was one time when we saw her from like the, the door, um, right, right. you know, where it's like, she, I, I got, went to the market for her and dropped something off. Like, and you know, you do a handoff while she's still in the car with masks right. on and gloves. Right. And it was just, it's very sad knowing that it's, it's both sides, you know, that's yeah. yes. you know, really suffering right now. It's, yeah. it's they are, really my, my, my parents and Adam's parents, both, they just, adore our kids mm -hmm. adam and i have become fully redundant because we now have children and they they don't even no no need us, because it's right the they kids. don't we yeah. don't exist right. except as vehicles to care for their babies yes <laughs> their sweet babies yeah uh, and they're hurting they really are they yeah. are hurting they had an entire um all of the grandparents were planning to come out here uh for my son's seventh birthday, mm -hmm. they were going to take the kids to Great Wolf Lodge, mm -hmm. which is like a kid yep. resort. Right, right, right. They <laughs> love it there. Yes. And, and paid for it. They had, they had those t-shirts. They had like t-shirts made. No, they like really they had a plan. For 
they were so pumped. And, oh, and oh, I talked sweet. to my mom last week and um, she had canceled everything. And yeah, of was, course. Yeah. thankfully, you know, be able to get a full refund mm-hmm. on everything. But they're just, it, it, it is so painful on both sides. Yes. And for me as a mother and also as a child, seeing both sides of their pain yeah. is also that's really hard for me. And you know, like, the, you I feed off of each other too. Like, you yeah. know, like it's sad for one, one person, it's sad for the other. And then it, yeah. you know, becomes sadness all around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so we have tried to do things like um, have theme Zooms. Like we're going to do a dance party. Cute. Mm-hmm. So that they get wrapped up in the, I miss you. Oh, I miss you. Oh, I miss you. You know, yes. that, that spiral. Like we're, nope. Yeah. We're that's gonna... not, that's not really productive there. Yeah. That's yeah. not yeah. feeding anybody's soul there. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, these are all important for our emotional health. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking about, uh, I have a meeting today actually with, the school, they are having like a big meeting for uh, district wide, and they wanted me to represent some of the parents. They've got a couple of us uh, talking about how this is all working for our kids. Uh, kids are definitely in different places when it comes to the schoolwork. I know some people feel like, you know, this is this is easier, and their you know the parents might feel that they're not getting enough work. Other people might feel like the work is too much and too hard during this strange crisis schooling time, and they worry that their kids are falling behind. Yeah. So you pose this question for parents to think about in one of your videos, which is, what is sustainable in my house for my kids and my family? And that's important to ponder. So I know you dealt with this issue of feeling like your child might fall behind with your own Mm six-year-old. So what did you experience, and, and what have you learned from this experience in terms of how... How to counsel a family and, you know, how to cope with this kind of situation of this feeling that the child might be falling behind? Well, in our family, first of all, I come from a family of educators. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of my aunts were teachers. My dad was a teacher, a principal, a district superintendent, Mm -hmm. and ended up working at the State Department of Education. Mm -hmm. So I had it drilled into me from before I can remember mm-hmm. <laughs> certain things like we only get A's in this house, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, um, and yeah. you know, that excellence is expected at mm-hmm. all times. And you know, that, that, um, just that academics were the most important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And for my son, um, Kindergarten went great. First grade was a huge struggle. Mm, yeah. yeah. People are really, they're talking about having struggles right now with first graders. Like that yeah. is a theme for it my is a friends. transitional year, right? Yeah, they, like they have you, first you know, graders. Seven, oh my seven goodness. Seven is really, there's a lot of stuff. It's tough. It's a tough year anyway. And <laughs> yes. with the pandemic, yes. this is really, I mean, and my friends who are parents of kids who are first graders, and right. my friends who are teachers of we first graders okay. is very, very hard. Check on us. We are not Yeah, okay. this is not, this is not easy. They were, we're, we don't know. Yes, I get it. I'm hearing this a lot. Theme for all of those transitional years, right? Mm-hmm. Like fifth into sixth grade, eighth into ninth, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah, I have a fifth teachers, grader. Right? Like I have a fifth grader these... and a fourth grader. You know, the fifth so. grader is like, 
missing out on so much. You know, she's really sad about missing out on the dance, the graduation. The, the I mean, there's an endless list. So everybody's got their thing. But I know you you were so concerned at we, one we point. Were hugely concerned. He he was falling he behind, was right? Falling behind very early in the year. Mm-hmm. He was struggling really, really hard. Mm-hmm. We eventually, about three months in, got an ADHD diagnosis. Sure. And everything was like, oh. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's the life we live to here. Yes. <laughs> it made so much more sense yes, after that. Yes, absolutely. And we are in an amazing school in a fantastic school district. Oh, Look, that's awesome. If I could marry every single one of those people in that school, I would. <laughs> I that is such them. a very nice compliment. Wow. I adore them. (laughs) They are fantastic. Um, Before we had a diagnosis, before we knew anything, his teacher, his assistant principal and his principal and his kindergarten teacher were meeting, trying to think of ways to help him and brainstorm ideas. And they did that before they called us. I love them. They called us with like, okay, so we just had this meeting for about an hour and a half. Here's what we think is going on. Mm-hmm. Here's what we think could help him. Mm-hmm. What do you think are any of these terrible ideas? Mm-hmm. My job's on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It it's always amazing. nice when the school district is really goes the extra mile. I had gotten a call um, over the summer. Of, you know, my, te- my kids got, you know, their teachers at the end of the summer. And they were like, we had several meetings about which teacher would be best for your son. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, like they really thought about it. And I'll tell you, boy, did they get a winner. Like his teacher adores him and he adores his teacher. And it was a perfect match. It took, I mean, they really, really thought about it. Wow. Yeah. But this is what, I feel like this is what, this is what every single child needs Mm -hmm. and deserves from their school district and from their school. And it just breaks my heart that it's, not happening. No, no. Um, but we had, he was having a really hard time with reading mm-hmm. because he literally could not sit still mm-hmm. long enough mm-hmm. to read something, right? Mm-hmm. And um, especially at the very beginning, before it becomes automatic, reading is really layered and complicated. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. You've got to put like, letters together, mm-hmm. and then you've got to put sounds together, and then you have to put words together, mm-hmm. and then you have to remember all of that to put a sentence together. Mm-hmm. And if you can't focus for more than 30 seconds, that's not happening. Right, right. It doesn't really matter how smart you are or how good you are at the specific skills. Right. You can't line them up together. No, right. Which was his problem. And then also he was starting to feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. he sure. was just starting to feel horrible and he was starting to have a really deep aversion to reading. He didn't want to do it because sure. he couldn't do it. Sure. Right? And it makes him feel and bad. And so there was this cycle that was starting. Sure. Um, okay. And it took <laughs> the irony. So February was when they had the parent teacher conferences. It was at the very end of February. Mm-hmm. And we went and his teacher said, um, I, she's like, we've hacked it. We've, we have figured it out. Mm. He isn't back up to grade level yet because mm-hmm. they have 
first grade is split into like two levels. There's mm-hmm. one one and one two. And he was at one one. He mm-hmm. had finally gotten to one one. She was like, we want them to be at one two by now. He's not there yet, but he has it all figured out. Like all of the pieces are mm-hmm. in place. And the only thing that he needs now is just coming to school every day. Yeah, like not a pandemic, maybe. Pandemic <laughs> would be not the thing that he needs right now. Okay. Two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> Super dupers, here we come with a nice pandemic for you and a homeschooling crisis. And I said to her, I I said, I was like, okay, you know, two weeks ago when I said, is he going to be ready for second grade? You said, yes, absolutely. He's great. He's got this. And now I was like, now. And she said, I really don't know. So did you just say... I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna let it ride and we're gonna see where we are or did you buckle yeah. down? What did you do? I cried. You cried, uh huh. Just seems Lots. reasonable. Yeah. I got really, really angry mm-hmm. at the universe. Mm-hmm, <laughs> at sure. the virus. Yes, at the virus. At pretty much We've everybody. All done that. Yes. He had all worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Right. He has been working so hard and mm-hmm. it's so unfair for him. Mm-hmm. And that was what led me to the revelation or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Tell me the revelation that you can relay to others. The only thing that I can do is take care of him. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I can do is make sure that he is okay, is make sure that he doesn't have that feeling of failure, Mm. is make sure that he comes through this, and quite honestly, traumatic event as okay as possible. Mm-hmm. I am not a reading teacher expert. I, I don't know how to teach phonics. I don't mm-hmm. have a degree in any of this. I mm-hmm. never took an early childhood education class, mm-hmm. right? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I am an expert in my son. Mm-hmm. I have a huge amount of experience with um, with anxiety and with trauma mm-hmm. and with like, right, I know that. I can get him through this period as healthily, um, emotionally and mentally as possible. I can do that. And then I can trust that if he has to do first grade over again, Mm -hmm. he's going to really be okay. He's going to be okay. He's totally going to be okay. Yeah. And I think for, for any grade level that you're at, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to say it. I was going to try and come up with a nicer way to say this. But here's the thing. We have rising child and teen suicide rates in Mm -hmm. this country. Mm -hmm. So is it more important for your child to graduate on time or meet whatever milestone they're supposed to meet? Or is it more important for your child to be alive in two years? Mm -hmm. Right. And to to believe that he's okay. I mean... Really, it's about what you're putting your stamp of approval on. Like, you know, the only way to come out of this successfully is by staying on track with your schooling. Um, and or is it that the only way to come out of this, you know, successfully is that we feel good about who we are and yeah. what we what we did as a family or whatever it is or how we dealt with this challenge yeah. and yeah. I think that's valid I mean look nobody came into this thinking this is how it's going to go so I <laughs> think the the under underlying uh, message here is 
to let go of some of the expectations that you may have had for this particular time because there are no parameters that are the same as what they were even in February. So, you know, yes. it's, it's important to give your yourself permission and really, you know, you're talking about a, de- you know, a, a delay of, of a year, you know, right. um, not the end of the world. It's not the end Either of really the not. world. Yeah. Let your priorities crystallize. Yes. Like, what do you really value here? I think that's a good question to ask yourself. Like, what yes. what do you really value? What do you want your child to value? And look yes. at, you know, when I come out of this, what do I, you know, what do I really want my child to believe and know and yes. think? Yeah, oh, it's really important. And remember about this time. And remember right? and remember uh, about this time. Yeah, we're that's seeing a good that point. externally and internally. Like we're seeing, I think part of the the push and pull of what we're seeing on a national and state and city government level is what are our priorities, mm-hmm. right? Right, exactly. And a lot of us are really frustrated by things that are happening out there. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, if we're frustrated on a governmental level, then it's time to look inward and say, well, what are my priorities? What are my actual values? What do I really believe? Mm-hmm. And have I talked about that with my kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's really, I mean, talking to our kids about values and priorities and finding out what theirs are is is monumentally important at any time. Yeah. Um, I would love to know what your top tip is uh, for those who are listening right now. What do you really want to say to the parents, to the moms um, about this time and what the most important thing is grace Grace. you have to give yourself more grace than you think is possible Mm -hmm. you have to give yourself and i mean yourself first before anybody else Mm -hmm. you have to cut yourself more slack you have to give yourself more leeway you have to every synonym for grace possible You have got to pour it into yourself. And if that means that all your kids do is watch movies all day, every day for like four days in a row while you sleep, cool, do that. (laughs) I am so serious. You have, if you're not okay, they're not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I know you say that taking care of you is is taking care it of your family. It is taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And that might mean short-term doing things that you mm-hmm. don't love to do, right? That might mean short-term more screen time right. or short-term frozen meals or short-term, like, I don't care. They'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? They can eat some crap for a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So you do whatever you need to do to pour back into yourself. Right. And I talk to so many moms who say that they just feel ridiculously needy mm-hmm. right now. They feel mm-hmm. over needy. They feel selfish and greedy mm-hmm. because they're like this black hole of need. And mm-hmm. it does, nothing seems to fill them up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand that because I've had those feelings too, where I'm like, I just slept. Why am I still tired? Oh, totally get that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I just read my book for an hour. Why am I still resentful of people being in my house? Mm -hmm. I just, you know, we we do a thing, right, that used to be super helpful 
and now is kind of helpful. Because all of the parameters have changed. Like, so give yourself grace. Okay. What is the resource of the week? Tell us where we can go to get more information about you and the work that you're doing. Yeah. Well, I... um back when this whole thing kind of started, I started doing Thursday video calls with moms mm-hmm. and I recorded all of them and it's called Parenting Through Pandemic. Mm-hmm. And each week we had a little bit of a different theme. The first week was really about giving yourself some grace and mm-hmm. cutting yourself some slack. <laughs> uh, and then we talked about trauma. We talked about communication. We talked, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different things and there are five weeks worth mm-hmm. uh, videos they're also all captioned I put captions on all of them because if other people's kids or anything like my kids if it looks like I'm reading something that's fine as soon as they hear audio they are on me it's like mm-hmm. sharks with blood in the water mm-hmm. good point <laughs> right so I made sure that they were all captioned for everybody um and you can get to them there's a bit.ly link it's bit.ly slash pandemic parenting mm-hmm. all lowercase um and you can get it like it's it's completely free um you can watch all of them you can watch one of them there's extra resources that are on there there's some downloads there's some other experts that i talk to and so you can reach them through Perfect. that site everything everything is right there and you it's can also awesome. get to my website and all that good stuff from there but that's um i think that's perfect. Really where I tried to yes. Get myself, right. You know, I just as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I saw them myself and I, you have such a, an easygoing way, um, of, of talking to the people who are on the line with you and making them feel like they're seen and heard and, and that, you have some some ideas of what can work for them. And and I appreciate you sharing those with us today as well. And I just want to thank you for your insights and your strategies and, and really talking about giving yourself that grace, giving your kids some room and and allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and know that it's going to affect what you're doing and that's that it's okay. And that when this year come out of this that you can look back and say, I gave myself some grace. I allowed feelings to, you know, be seen and heard and we're, we're going to be stronger for it. So thank you so very much for being on the show today. Robin, thank you so much. And I'm just so excited to meet somebody who really gets it. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. You know, I, that's, that's, it gives me hope um, for reaching even more moms um, and, and all parents mm-hmm. just, to let them know that there are more of us out here mm-hmm. than there are of all the people who are telling you that you have to be perfect. Yeah. There well, are. There are more of us. There you go. And that's a meme, everybody. And <laughs> and thank you. So I've got my takeaways and sweet friends, I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. You can go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram at drrobinsilverman. And if you love this podcast, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can hear about these outstanding solutions, use them in their own homes, feel calm with what Graham has been saying. I truly appreciate it. 
That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. Perhaps you heard something today and you said, oh, I, my child did have those big feelings and I, I, didn't, I didn't talk to him about it. I, I turned the other way. I jumped in the shower. I wish I had said this or done this or let him throw rocks. We get it. We mess up all the time. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. You can do it differently later. Give yourself some grace and take that deep breath. I see you. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you're 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.